Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Good afternoon, and welcome to another episode of Leadership Matters, informing leaders and inspiring solutions. It is our hope you find this episode valuable and useful in your work in advancing current and future leaders. I'm Valerie Wright, your guest host, sitting in for Dr. Cheryl White. I am the CEO of Bright Ideas Unlimited, a leadership and organizational development consulting firm here in West Palm Beach, Florida. I'm excited to be here today to share in this dynamic conversation on leadership, collaboration, and community change. Joining me today is Mike Pinckney, Director of the Salvation Army Northwest Community Center in West Palm Beach, Florida, and Teresa Johnson, Executive Director of Northwest Community Community Consortium in West Palm Beach also. Welcome to both of you, and thank you for agreeing to share your leadership experiences working in grassroots community change. Mike, I will ask you first to introduce yourself Mm -hmm. and tell us about your work with the Salvation Army in uh, the Northwest Community Center, and describe your organization's mission with the Community Center and the work you do with families and children. Yeah. Um, once again, thank you, Valerie, for having me on. Um, thank um, you. My name is Mike Pickney. I am the uh, you know executive director of the Northwest Community Center. Yeah. And the Salvation Army, which I don't know if a lot of people don't know, we are a Christian organization, a nonprofit organization. Uh, we are over in 128 countries, and we have over 25 million employees in the United States. Um, you know, our real big focus is on serving the needs of people in our communities. Uh, each each Salvation Army um, is tailored towards specific areas, and mm-hmm. the one that's in the, the Salvation Army that I'm in right now is really tailored towards community and family and okay. trying to help them make changes for themselves. Excellent, excellent. Thank you, Mike, for joining us. And, Teresa, I'm going to ask you to do the same thing. Introduce yourself and tell us about the work you do through the Northwest uh, Community Consortium and describe your organization's mission and the work you do in the Northwest neighborhood. Okay, good evening, and thank you, Valerie, for having me on this evening. I am Teresa Johnson, the Executive Director here at Northwest Community Consortium, and we are a small organization here in the historic Northwest with a mission, really, to act as an advocate, mobilizer, and resource in the revitalization of the historic Northwest neighborhood. And we do that through um, an array of partners that we work with here, are from the faith community to the businesses, to the residents and to the other and with other civic organizations that ex- that exist here right now our whole focus is to facilitate change um, to give those a voice um, and really to empower them to speak their voices when they need change um, and just to uh, be an, be an advocate in the revitalization of this great and beautiful historic Northwest neighborhood Thank you. I know that um, both of you are working and collaborating on uh, making changes in the northwest community of West Palm Beach. Um, I want to ask you both to start by kind of describing the community, and then we'll go into some more questions. But I want to hear how you would describe the community you're working with with, and um, share kind of your vision for what you want to see happen there. 
Uh, Mike, you can start if you like, or Teresa. Okay. Okay. Um, well, Teresa, you want to go first, or you want me to? Uh, or I can start. I, of course. I can do it. I can do it. You know what? My vision for change, really, uh, what I see is a thriving neighborhood with all of the supports needed for families to be healthy in mind, body, and spirit. That is the vision that I have uh, for this community. Um, it is bounded by uh, Banyan to the South Palm Beach Lakes to the north, and we have railroads to the east and to the west of us. This community has so many assets um, that they have been un- that they haven't been uncovered. But just through our collaboration with our partners, such as the American Legionnaires and Bridges at, at West Palm Beach, the YWCA, we know this community has so many assets, um, and those in the Individuals can give voice to uh, improving the quality of life uh, that exists here. Uh, we have some challenges, but we are on the forefront of, of addressing those challenges. And as I say, we're a very small organization, so we don't address them by ourselves. We do work with all of those organizations that I just mentioned, as well as others, including the West Palm Beach Police Department. Uh, we believe that this community can be a thriving community where one wants to live, work, and play. And so that is our mantra, uh, is really to empower individuals uh, to have a unified voice um, and to move out on that unified voice in terms of being an advocate um, for some of the things that are needed here in this community. Thank you, Teresa. I like the fact that you talked first about the assets of the community because often mm-hmm. as leaders, when we go in to do change work, our focus is what's wrong and we need to do a needs assessment as opposed to what are the assets and how do we build from there. So thank you for that insight. Mike, you want to add to that, um, describe the community and then talk about your vision for the community. Mm-hmm. I know you work with lots of families and children, mm-hmm. so um, share with us your thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, uh, I, I'm, I wasn't originally from the area, so, you know, my, you know, through my eyes, it's, it's a historically black uh, neighborhood with very, very rich roots. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one of the things I always thought was unique about it is that it probably has more churches or Christian or uh, organizations per square, uh, per capita, per square mile than anywhere in the United States. <clears throat> um, very rich was back, I guess, like in the 50s and 60s. Uh, they were known to have uh, minorities, doctors, and lawyers in this area. Had uh, grocery stores and movie theaters. Um, so I guess between that time and now, uh, the neighborhood went through some changes. And for me, you know, my goal really when I started this job is I want to make a change with the youth. And as mm-hmm. I began to learn more and more about the community, I saw the community needed more needs. So you know, my focus now really is on a continuous care type for families. Uh, in a neighborhood. You know, I want to make sure uh, parents have the ability to drop off their young children or their, their middle school children or their teenage children uh, mm-hmm. to the center and have the feeling that their children are safe and that they can go to work and thrive and be comfortable working eight or ten hour days and knowing that their children are safe in an environment where they can get education. So, you know, one of the main things even in Florida in general is that the education system hasn't always been on par. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to bridge the gap with our programs where uh, if the kids are not getting what they need in school, which is no one's fault of the schools, we want to give that, that help here, whether it's, it's mentally or educationally or 
or physically, we want to have the ability to give those kids the ability to, to learn, play, and grow at the center. And we want the parents and the community to know that it's a safe environment and they should feel comfortable coming out to this area. So, um, like most people, everybody wants to live in a neighborhood where they feel comfortable, they can open their doors and, mm-hmm. and go through uh, go through life and, and, and just have fun. So that's what I want the Salvation Army in this neighborhood to bring in. So if there's any needs of the community, we try to service that. And with collaborations between Teresa's group and CCI and the police departments and the fire departments and other government agencies, we've lately had you know a tremendous amount of growth in helping the people. And I think the neighborhood itself, Teresa probably agrees with me, that it's changing. And we just want to make sure it changes for the better uh, for the area. And uh, any services that you combine with any other agencies, other nonprofits, I think is beneficial for the community. And at the end of the day, um, most nonprofits are run like a business, but again, you want to really take the people's uh, well-being in hand. And I think uh, Teresa's company, uh, Teresa's organization, CI and Salvation Army, that's what our main goal is. We really want to serve the community and give them the best opportunity to succeed. Excellent. I love that. And when you're talking about all of these partnerships, we know that collaboration is a very complex um, mm-hmm. process, mm-hmm. if you will. And as leaders in these communities, and I, I'm going to use this word just for this to, to help us with this understanding. When you're working in uh, marginalized, the underserved community, there tend to be a mm-hmm. lot of organization, a lot of people doing something to that community. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a leader in this community, how do you see your role and how do you um, navigate all of those complexities as you um, start to lead? You know, what is your, how do you see your leadership in terms of all of the other work and, and efforts that are going on trying to collaborate? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think one thing as a leader, especially in this community, I think you really must get to know not only community but the other nonprofit organizations in the area or any, any organization that helps in the social service you know, realm. Um, to know what they do and know what their strengths are and their weaknesses are will better help your organization serve the community. Because when I first started, you know, as you said before, everybody was doing you know, some of the same type programs. And I was, remember I was going to a meeting and somebody said, well, why don't we you know, instead of doing 10 little small programs, why don't we come together and do one or two big programs mm-hmm. to really have a big impact on the community and, and yeah. build our resources? So I've always been a part that, you know, I come from a great organization, but also I, I understand, too, we're, we may not be the best at, you know, certain things, and we have to turn over to other organizations who have the capability of putting on great projects. So I think sometimes for other nonprofits, sometimes you have to take out the ego or, you know, or or the, I guess, the, I won't say celebrity, but you have to take a backseat sometimes to another organization to better impact the community itself. So, you know, for me, you know, my retrospective is I always want people to think about the decisions that they're making. And I know everybody wants to do everything right away and, and do all the book bags and serve all the food. But, you know, if we can be organized and communicate great, I think we can better serve the community. And that's just my feeling on the whole situation, on, on partnership and, and working together that a lot of times when we, when we don't work together, that's when, you know, people look negatively on this neighborhood. Absolutely. Teresa, would you like to add to that? 
Uh, definitely. Uh, I totally agree uh, with Mike's comment. It's all about working together because, again, we are a very small organization, and for us to have a rippling impact in this community, we can't do it alone. I believe one of the first things is, um, as my role as leader, is to inform, is to share the information. Mm-hmm. And so we have... Um, we have become more or less an information conduit for the community when there are events going on, when there are trainings, when there are conferences, when there are job opportunities. A lot of times that information will come to me and I will send it out to those contacts in my database. I think it's important for the residents and the businesses to, uh, to know um, and to also have those opportunities to apply for any positions or any services that are out there. And I say that... Um, and I'm backing it up with how we work with the American Legionnaires. They go door-to-door three days a week knocking on doors, uh, talking to the residents. Teresa, hold that thought. We'll okay. get right back to you when we come back. Thank you. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. How is your work-life balance? In most businesses, no matter where you are positioned, there is always room for improvement. If you're an executive, learn insight about your business. Are you an employee? Learn how to better work with your team. Even if you're not in business, you can learn where your strengths and weaknesses can be played to their best potential. The Work-Life Balance with host Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. Welcome back to Leadership Matters. We are talking today with Michael Pinckney and with uh, Teresa Johnson. We're discussing leadership, collaboration, and community change. And I want to start this episode by sharing an um, experience I had um, about 15 years ago when I served as the director of an organization called Partnership for Neighborhood Initiatives. We were working in three local communities here in Palm Beach County. Uh, it was a demonstration project, uh, and the board of directors were made up of about 14 
local funders in social services, education, economic, school district. Um, and the goal was to uh, reform the delivery of health and human services by working mm-hmm. directly with the residents in the community. As the director, I was accountable to a number of stakeholders, uh, starting, of course, with the board of directors for PNI, and then for uh, with community residents and all the multiple partners we had around the county. I was a new leader at that level of leadership, and to say the least, it was a very overwhelming experience um, to step into leadership, one with the political uh, energy around the project, but also just being a new leader. That experience, while it was extremely challenging and painful, uh, changed how I looked at leadership. Um, one, it forever made me a, a community organizer, but the other was navigating the maze of stakeholders, trying to honor the voices of residents um, and achieve the organization's mission was really a challenging feat. And I know that each of you deal with some of those kind of competing priorities, multiple stakeholders, um, sometimes uh, uh, competing interests and even uh, sometimes the funding, you're buying for same funding. How do you navigate those multiple constituencies? How do you deal with organizational priorities while remaining engaged with residents, staying connected with um, your partners and affect the change at, while managing your own organization's priorities? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, having worked in the nonprofit industry for now almost 20 years, I can tell you that you have to strike a balance, number one. You really do. And it's important for, for leaders to understand um, what the needs are in the community. Yes, we have different constituencies for us. We work with the faith community here in the historic Northwest. We work with the businesses. We also work with the residents. So understanding what the needs are in the community and also understanding each other's roles and responsibilities helps to strike that balance. But it is so key, I feel, that um, there is citizen participation. Um, as you were saying mm-hmm. that you were reforming the delivery of health, I am a strong believer that the people, um, through their intellectual capital, they can tell you, you know, what is needed. And I, I, I do believe that, first and foremost, our constituencies will always be those who we serve in terms mm-hmm. of the residents, those who are in need of that service or that product. And so when you kind of like break it down and you know, okay, uh, our partner at, at Tabernacle, they're doing this, or our friendship, they're doing this, and the YWCA, they're doing this. So now you have multiple partners who are serving parts of that pie, and now it makes it a little bit more easier for you to stay on mission. It's important for nonprofits and leaders to stay on mission, not to mission creep, because now you're going to be the best at what you can be and that is whatever your mission is, whatever your vision is, that focus has to be crystallized. And so um, when we are navigating constituencies, I think we just have to keep that in the forefront, that it is about the people and making certain that, you know, we're improving their quality of life 
um, if, if there is a policy that needs to be changed or critiqued, that is what needs to happen uh, in order to move barriers and to close gaps. So that's, that's, that's kind of how I navigate uh, multiple constituencies and prioritize my work. Mm-hmm. Mike, you want to respond to that? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the same things that Teresa said. You know, my aspect, my, my organization is just a tad, tad bit bigger. But uh, one of the things I had to, you know, I don't want to say fight against, but one of the things I had to deal with was um, our, my son has only been in the community for about probably 17 years. So when I first took this job, um, as coming from the private sector, I was kind of a go-now type personality, get things done, and working with a nonprofit, a lot of times nonprofit agencies move a lot slower. So when I came into it, I was I was rushing, I was trying to get out there and make a good word for the community, but then why I made the mistake was I wasn't listening. And I mm-hmm. think it's very key as a leader to make sure that you're listening to what the community says, not only for yourself, but also for the organization. So kind of what I had fell into is I, I had learned that a lot of people did not understand what my organization was doing. And the organization itself didn't really know what the needs of the community were. So, you know, one thing I really had to do when I first started this job was really build the relationship back with the community for my organization to understand what is needed. And I think that's very key when it comes to collaborating or even doing work in the communities, making sure that your organization understands what is the actual need of the community. And number two, I think you always have to learn how to slow down. Um, anytime a nonprofit, anytime you help people, you want to help them as fast as you can. You know, you want to do what you can. I think sometimes as a, as a leader, you need to sit kind of back and, and kind of learn the landscape and making sure that the steps that you're taking each time are the right steps. And that can be difficult at times. But, uh, you know, from my experience, uh, in the beginning, I was, I was kind of headstrong going out there and I'm going to serve 500 people here and doing all that stuff. But, and that's what comes to the collaboration part. You, you have to sit back and look at the landscape and see what other people are offering, what can you offer, and then kind of deal out a plan that best helps everybody. And I think that's the main thing when it comes to collaborating is, is really knowing what your capabilities are, similar to what Teresa said. But, you know, for me, I know I had to slow down in the beginning, personally, mm-hmm. from my experience. And you got to learn how to say when, because as a nonprofit person or as a social service person or anybody who helps anybody, you get in this atmosphere where you work yourself so hard and you part of so many projects and you go on to so many meetings, You've got to be able to take time out and say, hey, you know, what can I really do great, you know, and what do I really need to say, hey, I can't really do this at this time. So I think a real important thing is being able to tell yourself, you know, this is a great project, it's a great thing as a leader, but, you know, maybe I can't do this at this time. I need to focus on what I can do. Mike, you make an excellent point. I think oftentimes when you are in the middle of that level of collaboration partnerships, you forget mm-hmm. – um, that your focus is to accomplish what you do and do it well and that it's not necessary to be a part of everything that's happening um, mm-hmm. in, in that sphere. And I think that's an excellent point that leaders have to stop and listen and then understand what it is they do and do well. And, and how do you help other partners, and I'll put this question to both of you, how do you help other partners recognize that important uh, fact that they can't do everything because there are some businesses that are uh, nonprofits that are working that want to do it all and gobble it up but aren't doing mm-hmm. it effectively and what they mm-hmm. do impact what you do as a collaboration. Mm-hmm. How do you manage that's, that? 
Definitely. So I'm going to give an example. Uh, back in 2016, we were able to conduct a healthcare needs assessment that was funded by Palm Healthcare Foundation, and we were able to identify uh, specific barriers to healthcare access. Now, yes, there are uh, a number of uh, uh, clinics and uh, agencies that are providing healthcare, but we wanted to know specifically uh, what were some of the needs here in the historic Northwest, and we were able to identify those needs. So from that, we've been able uh, to provide services for the last three years to uh, individuals who are primarily homeless and who are um, uninsured. And so we've been able to really try to link them to a medical home that has been our major um, outcome that we've been able or we've been trying uh, to push towards. And so... Um, understanding anecdotally, we felt that there was a need here in the community. Mm-hmm. However, we were able to provide that evidence through the funding from Palm Healthcare, and we went ahead and we partnered with about six of the various churches here in the historic Northwest: St. Patrick, uh, Friendship, Tabernacle, New Bethel. Um, and a few that were just outside of the historic Northwest, and we all came together and were able to. Uh, survey over 300 individuals who gave us that feedback. So, you know, as Mike had mentioned, listening is so key to understanding what those needs are. Well, we we felt pretty strongly, we meaning myself and the board, that there was a need. Sometimes you do have to to produce that evidence um, to uh, other stakeholders and funders uh, to be able to move forward in that that, uh, process. Excellent. Part of that role then being facilitator and educator in terms of all of the partners understanding what the, what the issues are and then having some level of agreement moving forward. Excellent, excellent. So when you talk about collaborating, what are some of the um, necessary um, relationship building? Um, how do you get to collaboration and then at the same time remain focused on your mission? How do you get to collaboration? Because everybody in the community don't, uh, every organization isn't working toward, uh, I guess the ultimate mission is community change, but everybody's mm-hmm. individual mission isn't that focused. So how do you, mm-hmm. how do you get there? Um, yeah. it, it can be tough. It, it, it really depends. Um, I don't know, Teresa may go to grief. Uh, a lot of times, you know, everything really starts with the government, too. Um, you got to attend meetings, and you gotta, you got to hear what's going on, or really what's the future plans for either the organization or even the neighborhoods that you're serving. Mm-hmm. And when you go to these government meetings, I think you get a better understanding of, number one, what, what the city's plans or what the county's plans or what the state plans are for the future. And therefore, when you're working together with other mm-hmm. nonprofits, other organizations, y'all understand what y'all goals are. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, like you said, a lot of organizations, you know, I hate to say it, but sometimes they, they for them to stay in business, that sometimes they chase dollars. And, they, and when they chase dollars, it's really after what the government or what other nonprofit agencies are, are going on that time. So I think you really, as a leader, you've got to go to these meetings and you've got to understand what, not only what's going on, but what is coming down, uh, I guess, in the future. Like you gotta, you you gotta be at the table, as a lot of people say, to understand what's coming up. And I think um, a lot of nonprofits uh, make the mistake 
of kind of staying buckled in their own little circle and saying, well, this is what I'm doing. But if they don't understand that in five years, maybe that the city is trying to, you know, you know, regenify area, that the the customers that you serve may not be the customers uh, that you'll be serving five years from now. Um, you know, they need to be knowledgeable of what's going on. So I think she is right. Education and, and, and listening is key, but you also got to be, uh, present at some of these city meetings or government meetings or other organizational meetings. So I would tell other nonprofit, you know, when I talk to the young people, because a lot of kids come talk to me and I was like, well, I want to start my own nonprofit. You know, how do I do that? And I would tell them, sit on as many boards as you can, go to mm-hmm. as many meetings as you can to learn about what's going on in your city. Because those, th- these, if you know what the rules are to a game, it's easy to be successful at that game. Absolutely. Thank you for that thought, Mike. We're now going to go to the commercial break, and we'll pick back up with that when we come back. Thank you. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. The pace of change in the world is increasing exponentially and shows no signs of slowing down. Leadership is evolving and requires more and more innovative leaders to keep up. Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf features interviews with global business leaders, thought leaders, and academics in a wide range of industries. Proven concepts and tools may be applied to build your organization and deliver sustainable success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. Thank you for joining us for the next, this segment of the show. Uh, we were talking before the break about um, working at, uh, with multiple constituencies, different organizations. And one of the questions uh, I want to pose to you, Mike, in terms mm-hmm. of your organization, whereas Teresa answers directly to the board, your mm-hmm. program, your community center actually is a part of a larger net um, mm-hmm. bureaucracy where there are multiple levels of approval, um, boards, mm-hmm. and and um, other uh, decision-making levels. How do you mm-hmm. navigate that 
stay connected to what's happening on the ground in the community and mm-hmm. uh, stay relevant to the work. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually it's it can be difficult at times. Uh, I'll be honest, because you know I don't think most people understand that the Salvation Army, it, you know, is a Christian organization, but there's two sides to the Salvation Army. You have what they call the officer side. Mm-hmm. was almost run like a military um, type operation, and then with the that's what I call the civilian side, which you have um, like positions like you know uh, business managers and mm-hmm. finance and all these type of departments. So it's it's a, sometimes it can be a difficult mix because you, now you're mixing you know a faith based type Christian organization, but you also have a corporate sometimes feel to situations. And not only do you have you know a county. Uh, type uh, leadership you have what they call uh, a state uh, you know leadership and there's also a regional which is like three or four state and then you have what they call the national so um, it gets a little difficult because when you start putting plans together you know let's say for instance you know I want to do a, a huge project with let's say Target and uh, what happens is maybe corporate says well you can't do you can't work with that target because we already have a project in place. So, mm. you know, sometimes it can be a little frustrating where you think, yourself, well, I got this great thing, and now they're telling me I can't do it because they already work with them. But you have to understand that, you know, you're working for a large organization sometimes, and, you know, just because you think or it, you may even have a better idea, sometimes you have to do what's better, what's better for the organization whole. And I think that's sometimes that's the difficult part for me is that there's a whole, there's a lot of layers and there's a lot of navigating. Now, I've been very fortunate to collaborate and do great projects um, with a variety of different people, and I've been very successful. So it's kind of kind of given me credibility to where, if I want to do projects, um, I've had the 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 ability to get them done. And, and once again, I also tell people this: I've been very fortunate to work with some great people like Teresa and like some of these other larger nonprofits in the area, where we've put on great projects that have been very successful. And it's made people notice this area. So, um, West Palm Beach, I think, is, is a fabulous city. It's a great place to live. And I think it's a growing city. It has a ton of potential. You know, most people don't know. They think of, you know, when you hear most of them, they, oh, West Palm Beach. But, you know, realistically, if you look, we're like five blocks from the water. Um, you can't say that about a lot of community centers, even a lot of areas. So, mm-hmm. um, it's a great neighborhood. I think it's a great place to live. I always tell my people in the, neighbor- in the communities that, this is prime real estate. You don't don't give up the land. You know, fight for your community. Mm-hmm. Um, believe in what you're doing. You know, and 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 try to grow the community back to what it was. So, and, you know, Teresa can. You know, Teresa's a little bit more involved in you know community development. I'm more of a family. You know, well being and and children well being and stuff like that. But you know, for me, that's kind of my opinion on on the collaborations and the mm-hmm. demographics of working with you know, a variety of different leaderships and, and management teams inside the Salvation Army. So it can be it can be difficult, but on the other hand, we are financially secure and we're able to, when we want to do big projects like go out and help people after a hurricane or a natural disaster or even just drive a canteen out, we have the ability. But a lot of times, what you're, you're, sometimes your hands are, I guess, handcuffed sometimes working with management because it's the organization's rules over what you feel is should be done. So... That's kind of sure. my feeling on it. Um, it's sure. a it's a tight tight wire act some days, but a lot of days um, with this organization, I have the ability to to do a lot in a short period of time. 
Excellent. So it sounds like you're saying as a leader, you have to build mm-hmm. that capital through achievement yes. and, achievement, and proving yes. that you can make it happen, which mm-hmm. leads me to, you know, you mentioned some of the projects. What are some projects and partnerships that you, both of you, have developed, say, over the last three or four years that have mm-hmm. helped uh, move the work forward? Uh, and how have you been able to build those partnerships? So we have been successful in a number of different areas. Uh, first and foremost, our health and wellness um, uh, arena. Our desire and goal is to establish a community health center here in the historic Northwest uh, neighborhood. And currently we are partnering um, with FAU and UB Kinsey um, to um, move forward with a pop-up clinic because, again, there is a disparity when it comes to uh, access to health care um, for people of color. And so that um, initiative, in terms of the partners, that would be uh, NCCI, um, FAU, and then all of the partners that we all already work with, which would be Bridges at West Palm Beach. We recently expanded uh, our health and wellness to include an integrated behavior health component where we're really looking to survey the level of stress for those individuals, and then um, based on what those results are, we will link them to an additional provider if they need that service. And then we're also at St. Patrick Episcopal Church right here in the historic Northwest again. So again, you see that collaboration of local organizations coming together to provide a critical need, which is healthcare access. Um, and then we have the ambassadors, which I talked about, the American Legionnaires that go door-to-door three days a week. So we also work closely with the West Palm Beach CRA um, and recently um, have uh, implemented a dumping prevention program. That is one of uh, the issues that we have here, unfortunately. But we're working with uh, the sanitation department. Um, um, I can't remember the exact number, but portable cameras have gone up. And so those are just a few of the things that uh, we are doing uh, right now. And in 2016, had a feeding program, uh, which at the end of 2017, we fed, we served over 20,000 meals. And, mm-hmm. and, through, and through that partnership, that would include, again, St. Patrick, a Friendship, American Legion, uh, New Bethel, Tabernacle and Payne Chapel. And so those, again, those are some of the things and, and initiatives and partners that we pull together. And we actually sit down, we have an orientation, and we discuss roles and responsibilities and how the reporting is going to be done and when it is needed. And so as long as I think there is an understanding of who's doing what and when it's happening, it tends to work out well. But that's how we impact. That That's how we have a rippling effect because of the size of this organization, Mike's organization is definitely larger, so we have to kind of work smarter, and again, we use our community assets to get those things done. Absolutely. Mike, you want to respond to that? Yeah, you know, we're a little bit different, but, uh, you know, also, you know, Teresa, she forgot to say there was a a project she had with the Clean Green with the city that's been a tremendous project, too, but uh, like her, yeah, so, I mean. That's what happens when you collaborate, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, she she forgot, but, I mean, that's an awesome project. She probably won't tell you that she started a, you know, a project to help people in the community get jobs. It was turned out to be these these gentlemen have taken that 
that project and turn it into more of a, a lucrative uh, job career on the future. So she needs to be, her and should be, rec- you know, applauded for that too. So yeah. she forgot to tell you, but I will champion her cause on, on that. So I think that's a great thing because I've met those gentlemen and they're great men and I'm I'm happy for them and their families of, of you know, the, the career track they're on right now. So, um a lot of that has to do with what our programs are doing. You know, I, you know, my goal is really to build up these these young men and young women in the community, uh, whether they're black, white, Hispanic, green, or whatever. And I want to give them the opportunities to be successful. You know, and one of those ways is one of the partnerships I, I work with is now the school board, where we have uh, about six different schools going from elementary schools to middle schools to high schools, and they feed into our program. But with that collaboration, um, we're able to get more in, in detailed information on them. You know, one thing is that I have a great relationship with the school board where I can pull grades and get test scores uh, from children where, you know, some parents, you know, when you think, you know, parents sometimes don't understand <laughs> that they have the ability to, you know, they don't have to wait for the teacher to, to call home. They can really, you know, get, some, get the information they need from the school, and that's what we try to do. We try to inform mm-hmm. the parents, well, listen, if you feel that your kid is, is not doing well, you don't have to wait till the report card comes out or or the test scores comes out. You know, you can directly go to them and get that information. And, you know, kids' technology today is so advanced. And, you know, I, I laugh at myself because I was trying to help a kid one of these, like two years ago. And they even do algebra and, 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 and division different now. So I had did it some old school way, you know, to like the – the sideways L and the kid was like, no, Mr. Mike, uh, that you don't, we don't do division that way anymore. So, um, you have to collaborate to, to stay up, you know, up to par. So, you know, one of the other organizations is, 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 uh, the junior achievement we also work with for tutoring mm-hmm. and stuff like that, or United Way, who we build partnerships where they bring in tutors and, and counselors to help with the kids and stuff like that. So, um, depending on our projects, um, it's who we partner up with. You know, since we are a big organization, there's a variety of things that we do. Um, like, for instance, um, there was a huge issue a few years ago with violence in the neighborhood. Uh, one of the things that I found out was that the children in the community don't trust police officers and firefighters. So what we did was we collaborated with um, the mayor's office and the the police and the fire department where we had open discussions with young men in the community uh, and very frank and see how the children felt and also how the police officers felt. So I thought it was also a, a, a great time for us to come together and show each other the human side of things when it comes to that stuff. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we have partnerships with corp- big corporations like Target and Wells Fargo. They did a great uh, financial literacy program for our, you know, our teenagers and our elementary school kids. Um, we have a great also program with the Norton Museum. Um, you know, most people don't know that, you know, when I was in school, we went to music and art every day. And uh, I found out, you know, five or six years ago that, kids may only go to PE or art class once a week. So what I did was I partner up with the Norton Museum um, and now they come out and they do two art classes uh, a week for all the kids. So the kids may not be getting art in school, but now they're able to get art at least at the community center when they come. And, you know, we have a music program. Uh, we work with some, uh, some other local music business donating music supplies to us and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. a lot for me, you know, as, as a leader of this organization, a lot of times is, is putting the people in the right place to run the organization, the programs, but also going out and meeting other uh, people and organizations to facilitate what you're trying to do. So I think that's also key, and, and Teresa probably agree with me, so much of our stuff is, is it's relationship building and, and, mm-hmm. and, and letting people know about what you can do 
because as as large as the Salvation Army is, there's a lot of people don't know that the NCCCI and the Salvation Army is even in downtown West Palm Beach. And that's the thing that, you know, we have to fight against. Um, as technology is changing, we're going to have to find different ways to get our message out there, you know. Uh, for me, I look at a lot of kids now these days, the phone is everything, you know. Um, they don't even want me to call them anymore. They're like, Mr. Mike, you know, I don't pick up phone calls. Can you text me and stuff like that? So um, I think just the partnership to not only communicate, Mike, but also to better Mike, educate ourselves and other individuals. I'm going to have to ask you to hold that thought. We need to go to a commercial break, and when we come back, we will pick up where you left off. Uh, we're going to go to commercial now. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network leadership matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. need to improve leadership staff or organization performance contact InnoVisions today for quality effective and affordable leadership staff and organization development training coaching and consulting services Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. White. Her email address is drwhite at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to leadershipmatters at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. Thank you and welcome back to the conversation with Michael Pinckney of the Salvation Army Northwest Community Center and Teresa Johnson, Executive Director of uh, the Northwest Community Consortium. Both are here in West Palm Beach, Florida. Uh, Mike, you were um, completing a thought. I want to go back to that before we move to the next uh, question. Okay, you know, um, you know, I was talking about the partnerships and, and the ability of, of my organization to work with different partners, but, um, you know, we, we've had a variety of, of, of different programs, and like I said, we worked with the Norton Museum, uh, which is a, a great museum in the area where they're providing um, art 
art education towards kids in the community for free. Uh, they actually even bring in a teacher to teach the kids twice a week. So um, not only kids will get, you know, recreation um, and food here at the center, they also will get that, that art aspect. So um, I think it's very, very important for, you know, especially for myself and my position to reach out and try to get gain as many resources or knowledge as you can to better better help your programs and also the community. So, um I'm a big proponent of partnering up with as many organizations as you can, as long as it fits under your mission statement. Absolutely. Uh, and that's a good segue to uh, what has been your biggest uh, leadership challenge in collaborating with, you know, all the organizations you've named and the different projects each of you are working on. What has been your biggest ch- uh, challenge? Oh. Um, for me, I, I guess one of the biggest challenges I, I, I have is, um, I guess, you know, w- w- when to, you know, I don't say make yourself, you know, your voice known, but a lot of times you're in meetings and stuff like that, and you kind of, I don't say you hang back, but you're listening, and and there are times where you need to step up and say, hey, I know we can do this a certain way, or there's some times where you need to kind of hold back and, and let people work out in certain situations. Um I just, you know, it, it, it's funny how I've been fortunate in this community. I think this, this community I'm in right now has been growing. So it's, it seems like to me it's been opportunity after opportunity. Now, I'm sure certain parts of the state or certain parts of, uh, of the world that it's not the same. But you know, I asked Teresa, I mean, our community seems to be thriving. It's, it seems like it went through a down period, but I think it's been pretty successful lately. I agree with that, Mike, definitely. So if I had to say... Uh, biggest leadership challenge, I probably would have to say two things. One is capacity building, mm-hmm. um, being able to find um, funding that will provide uh, for the operations period um, that has uh, not been very plentiful. Um, and I think uh, the other challenge, and it, it has come around, as Mike has said, is through is the community engagement. It has been my experience that um, individuals in the community, they want to be involved. Mm -hmm. It's really a matter of asking them and inviting them out to uh, meetings or uh, commission meetings. They want to be involved. And so one of our... um, one of our uh, mantras in our mission is to advocate and to mobilize uh, individuals around things that they need to have a voice on. And so we know that we want our, our needs and our perspectives won't always line up with city government, but nevertheless, um, it is necessary to uh, be in the forefront uh, of issues that impact this community if we can close gaps and bring greater understanding to those who make policy uh, through, I think, collective impact, uh, I I believe that's really where the rubber meets the road because unless you are touching the people, you are in the neighborhoods and the communities and you are listening, you have your finger on the pulse, then you're a little bit removed from truly understanding what those issues are and what uh, their challenges are. So uh, I would say that the community engagement has grown significantly Significantly, um, people want to be heard. They are. They have been empowered, and it is only growing. And I am so excited 
uh, about that because they have the power. I always say you have the power right in your hand. So it's sometimes it's, it's just a matter of coaxing them out and say, hey, uh, can you come down? This is what we're going to be doing. Uh, this is our position. Um, come and join us. And I just think that that, that helps the whole community uh, to grow, um, to become owners of not just their real estate, but the whole block. And that's really what we want to see here. And I think the Salvation Army and NCCI, we round each other out. Because I think when you look at the mix of services that each one of us provides, it's really family and community oriented, really trying to improve quality of life um, and to close gaps and, and to allow there to be prosperity and thriving communities and families in this beautiful community, and I think that's what everybody wants. Absolutely. Well, I probably have less than a minute. Anybody, uh, either one of you have a final thought or a comment that you would like to share that might be useful to our leadership audience? Well, um, I just think that, you know, if if you think you can do something, go out and try to do it. Um, and, and don't be afraid to try new things and do different avenues because uh, at the end of the day, as a leader, your job is to lead, you know, a variety of different people through different circumstances. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would only add, you know, to listen to people. Don't dismiss anyone. Because they have so much, so so much to say, so much to offer through their talents and experiences. That has been my experience, and all people want to be uh, is to be asked to participate. Don't hold back. Don't think you know. Approach them and ask them. Mm, absolutely, and I think that's one of the key is in building leadership capital is being able to hear those you're leading and listen. Uh, not just here, but listen to uh, those you're leading. Um, and I thank both of you for being on today and, and sharing your experience with uh, the listening audience. I'm sure that it has been beneficial uh, in terms of helping them understand collaboration. If you were going to advise um, them in terms of working collaboratively or before entering a collaborative, what would be your uh, number one uh, advice to them? Uh, my advice say, is whenever you... Oh, go ahead, Teresa. Sorry. Uh, well, I, I, I would say know who's in your community. Mm-hmm. You need to do some sort of assessment or scan to understand who is there, what services they are providing, and how can you potentially complement what they are already doing. We don't want to duplicate services. We want to complement each other. So definitely knowing who is there, and what they're doing is key to you being successful. Excellent. And, Mike, you were going to say something. Um, same thing on that. You know, know who you're working with, know what your capabilities are, and, and know what you're trying to uh, provide to the community. And if you, if you can do those three things, I think you're very likely to be successful. So, and another thing is, is try to enjoy it because you are helping people. And it does get tough. Uh, from time to time, but at the end of the day, you know, when you go home, that you, you're, you're, the job that you're doing is usually to help people uh, to, do, to either feel better or, or, or get better. I want to thank both of you so much, Mike and Teresa, for sharing your experience and wisdom with us today. I'm sure that you have provided some wisdom and nuggets for our leaders, uh, current leaders and future leaders to think about. Uh, I want to thank our listening audience for joining us today and um, 
please feel free to join us every Wednesday at 2 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time for Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders and Inspiring Solutions. Thank you. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter. Matter.